Wait, what's it called? The Ebony Mac Show. It's a podcast. Period. <laughs> what? It's a podcast. What's up, Ebony Mashup family? It's your girl Harmony Lenora back on the mic again to bless you guys with another great interview. And it's your boy Mike G. So today we have a special, special, special interview. Uh, somebody I followed for a very long time, Miss Fancy, the CEO and founder of Swag, Swag Her. Her. Yes, but there's so much more um, that she's going to tell you about it. We're really excited, Queen, to have you. Welcome to the Ebony Mashup. <laughs> Greetings. Thank you all for having me awesome like it's a blessing it's a blessing to have a, a boss like you um come and just join us so your platform started in 2010 as a, a, a online platform correct strictly for women of color and then it kind of evolved over time yes uh -huh. um initially it was more so like inspired for well it was inspired by of course black women sharing their stories to me and so I really thought that like, oh, I was like, oh, if other black women were to hear these stories, you know, they might can see that they're not the only ones going through something. But then after the death of Alton Sterling and Philando Castile yeah. in 2016, like it really just woke me up because we were already working on another issue at that time. And um, that was going to be just strictly for black men. But when it happened, I, I really wanted to do something more. And at the same time, you know, I didn't really have much else that I could do other than right. really try to sit down with other black men and just really have, you know, conversations and interview them and just see how else we could continue to empower black men. Because even throughout the process of putting that issue together, mm -hmm. um, I did an interview with um, Jay Barnett. A lot of people may know him as King Jay. And he yeah, said yeah, yeah. at one point, you know, he was like the, um, the thing like the part of the disconnect between the black man and the black woman is the is the fact that the black woman has been so empowered, you know, that mm -hmm. there are no men really that you know can meet her standards. Or, yeah. You know. Well, yeah. Okay. No, <laughs> so I, I get it. Kind of like um, it all kind of came full circle, you know, at that point. But we had already begun to start printing. I think we started printing like in about 2012. 2012 or 2014 because people would always ask um you know well do you have an issue on hand mm -hmm. and so <laughs> of course i try to direct them online but you know how especially us if we can show it say to that you, it's, always, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a lot more believable like oh okay you really got this you know so then um that's why we started printing and then that was 2012 or 14 and then after you know the situation in 2016 that's when we began to include more content as well for men I love it. I love the fact. So today's episode, I, I always have this thing. I always want to jump in and just go. Just go. <laughs> so today's episode is called The End Game. And so what I really, really, really love about it is that in, in what you just told us, you saw a need and that needed to be met. You know what I mean? And so um, the end game for you ended up being filling the need for uplifting the black community as a whole. Not even just for women, and so your because, in game. Yeah, because it started off, you wanted to empower women and uplift women, mm -hmm. but then, like a true black woman, <laughs> you saw a need somewhere else, and you were like, "I'm not putting my stuff on the back burner, but I see this bigger issue at hand that we got to tackle first. Am I correct? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it really it took us about um like this is. 
So if that was in 2016, it has really taken us about four years to really like be able wow. to get more male support. You know, mm -hmm. like to even see now, like to look on Instagram and actually see the men liking a post and leaving comments and stuff and engaging. Mm -hmm. Like it's really taken. It's been a hard process, even um, with male advertisers. You know, because. Um, it don't feel like black men care as much about advertising. They will sponsor a lot, but oftentimes I noticed just because I worked under yeah. a younger black male, and you know, um, he was in the uh, more like the construction business. But I would see how him and his friends like they would almost compete though when it came mm. to like buying sponsorships and things. <laughs> but yeah. when it comes, you know, like to say, "Oh, I got the money. That's what you're doing." Or oh, I'm a mess. You know, I'm a I'm gonna do even more to try to show that I have more money than him. But at the same time, right. like you know. When it comes to advertising itself, it's just kind of like, oh, only what I've noticed really is like it's more so if it's the uh, the bigger brands or the, the brands that's not owned by us, you know. Yeah. Oh, let me get that billboard. How many black-owned, you know, uh, advertising agencies do you know that actually have billboard space? Yeah. You know what I mean? But you right. go spend your money there, and it may not even be as as effective. You know, I'm not saying it's not effective at all, but you know what I mean. I'm just saying that there's other exactly it's still, it's still a lot of work in progress it's still a lot of work in progress and i love that you said that i love that you said that it took you four years because people think that you're going to jump into everything happens quick exactly <laughs> and so i love the fact and just for our audience you know things don't happen overnight we want that quick gratification and that quick result without seeing the hard work and just reading about the evolution of swag her you know, it is inspiring because I think people get stuck in a vision and then they're scared to to adjust Just, that vision. Because they think that it can only go mm -hmm. that one way that they planned for it to go, but that might not have been the way that it was supposed to go from the beginning. Yeah. Right. So can you just talk on that really quick about, you know, being able to be, um, I don't even know what the word is, um, adjustable. <laughs> Or flexible, <laughs> flexible in yeah. in your vision. Oh, look! If y'all, I mean, well, you all have, you know, of course, read my bio. So, yeah. um, just even that was only. I mean, I talked about those four years, but it's taken me ten years to even like get to, you know, just all of this, yeah. really, to even grasp who I am. But as far as the flexibility, I've really had to. That was possibly one of my biggest weaknesses because I didn't want to adapt you know oftentimes I'll be like oh no I gotta stay stuck in it this way but at the same time my life was always in such chaos that I had no other choice but to adapt right and had I possibly adapted sooner um that really would have helped with things like even when I made my move to Atlanta in 2014 when you uh like that was just straight off the whim you know I'm like okay I'm sick of Louisiana um, it seems like I've just been having all these calls to Atlanta, even though I know nothing really about the city, I'm going to pick up my car and move there. And then being the little country girl that I am, I had no idea that it was going to be that fast pace, you know? Yeah. So it was like, it took me a year of resisting. And by the time I finally caught on, I was so in depth, you know? And then I ended up like uh, having a situation with my job. I ended up moving to California for about two months. But all of that was adapting, you know, because I didn't even want to go to California. Then I had to yeah. return back home to Mississippi. Yes. So imagine, you know, just trying to like constantly, um, just like, I guess, stay Keep, true to yeah. my vision throughout that process. But the thing was, my vision was always so big that I always knew, you know, like I can't say I always knew if things were guiding me in that right direction, because oftentimes 
I realized that I let a lot of things um, mm -hmm. distract me, you know. Mm -hmm. But the more I began to really just like see my my mirror more, my vision more clear clearly, then I was able to like really see if things were beneficial to me, you know, and yeah. see like, okay, is this actually worth um, diverting from your original path from? And it's really trying to figure out because I'm going through the exact same thing right now. Um, so I, I said I was gonna say I think like at the beginning, yeah, when you first started talking about doing a business, you were stuck on one way to do it <laughs> or one avenue that was gonna get you to where you want. I was go. stubborn, fancy. When I say I was stubborn, <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> but now you like you. You found different ways, like okay, if this one way don't get mm -hmm. it popping, then I'm try it this way, or it's gonna happen this way. Yeah. Or I'm doing this that's going well for me right now, so why don't I try this instead of doing what I thought I was gonna have to do? And uh, you know, another thing that and I you I think you mentioned it too was I had to learn how to fall flat on my face because I was scared to fall on my face, and I think a lot of times you, we're scared to fall, so then we don't take the step, and so. I think that was a big thing, a big, big thing for me. And in, in reading your bio about the move, uh, realizing that maybe you had to position yourself in a different, different. way, like in a different setting. For us, mm -hmm. it was going from the big city to the different. south. Yeah. So we went from the Chicagoland area to like Valdosta, Georgia, which is southern. Southern, almost Florida, Georgia. Almost Florida. <laughs> I've, I've heard of it. <laughs> And for me, I needed the slow play. I needed the change in pace so that I can start to look at stuff more strategically. Like I didn't know that. I thought I was looking at stuff strategically. I really did because I was move. I, I knew how to move fast for being a city girl. But then I married him, being from South Carolina, <laughs> and we started going through a, a slower pace of life. And I didn't realize how much I needed it. So yeah, then because we, we moved back up here for a while. Yeah. And then we went back to the south, and that's that's what I said. Like you said, I think that's what we needed. We needed to realize, like, all right, we need to slow down and think. Yeah. And that one year, I think it gave us enough time to think, <laughs> without it being everything just being jumbled and moving around. Yeah, definitely. Did you have a quote for this week, babe? Yes, I did. So I normally we do a quote everybody for the week. Um, so. Yeah, know how we are though. <laughs> talking and get lost yeah get lost and talk but the quote for this week is from mr earl g graves senior and it is hold on to your dreams of a better life and stay committed to striving to realize it yeah so i said i think we all when we start something we have an end goal like the name of this week's show because it's the end game, but we have an end goal mm -hmm. that we want to reach. And I think sometimes we kind of lose sight of that. And I think that's how it can take us off a of track. Yeah. And mm -hmm. set us further back than, we're sh than we should have been. Mm -hmm. But I think what, if you keep that end goal in mind, that thing will help you keep you focused. Absolutely. That's very true. Absolutely. Fancy, what do you. So I also think going along with what the quote said how that becomes a part of our narrative and a part of our story can you tell us about how you use the stories to help um get you through and where you are now because i i know when we listen to our followers and we listen to you know people that just connect with us 
they connect to the story of like how do we get to where we are today or what have you been through how have you how has listening to people's stories and struggles and successes helped you throughout the journey well initially like again coming i don't know if you all know where macomb mississippi is at but no. it is like very small um most people know of jackson mississippi it's like an hour and a half from there mm-hmm. so my point is growing up and i mean of course i'm an 80s baby so i'm not just that old or anything but <laughs> i really did not encounter any other um black female entrepreneurs like mm-hmm. that was so new to me so when i moved to uh well, it was, i moved to Baton rouge to pursue a marketing career mm-hmm. and that's when i began to like encounter other black business women like outside of paris salons that was it so when i met these women and you know their lives just seemed perfect you know like and of course i was like 20 23 mm-hmm. and that was something i had to look at as well because i was 23 at the time 23 like anywhere from between 23 25 and they were um like you know more so in their 30s i don't think anybody was quite yet in their 40s but they were more settled in life and the thing was though like i just thought that everything happened overnight you know and i just mm-hmm. kept thinking like when is when is it gonna happen for me? And so they'd be like, you know, like, no, you know, you see my nice square footage house and this, this and that, mm-hmm. but you don't realize that I had to do this first, you know, or before I had to get this car, you know, I had to go through all of this. And of course now, nowadays when people say they think those stories might be, you know, like, yeah, oh, no but it's not, it wasn't anything like that. You know, it's just one thing I had to realize is a lot of them actually had corporate careers first. I never went, I never worked in corporate America, you know, Um, most of my jobs were like retail jobs. And so I had to like really go through a lot of life first before I could really be Mm -hmm. able to even, you know, begin to have stories similar to them. But the thing was, those stories just like really inspired me because again, it, it was so foreign to me. Like, of course, nowadays it's probably more regular to other women, but the thing I like is when people tell their stories and it's not just a lot of times people try to sugarcoat everything you know tell me that your life had got cut off you know and you and that's the part i want to see like because i really need to know right i need to know they repossessed your car last week on your way to your to your interview yes the real stuff right because like because the thing is though what i realized because even with Mm -hmm. them they weren't totally as uh i guess you say as straightforward but i needed to know those things so that i could understand that a lot of the I was experiencing wasn't you know necessarily if I'm not gonna say those were the, the healthiest lifestyles or anything but other people go through them you know you mm-hmm. go through them and you got they got through them so yeah. just to know and then you can get to another destination like even with the quote um that you all just shared it made me think about just a, a conversation that my brother and I have been having heavily um, about like you know wanting more in life and he has actually kind of brought up the question of did a lot of those uh mm-hmm. adults that we looked up to in life you know did they want more because now we're yeah. just like really seeing it for ourselves as parents yeah. and it kind of makes you question a lot of things like because possibly had you wanted more we wouldn't have had to go through this and even that whole aspect talk of that talk more sis <laughs> like and you know and i and i have three kids so all of that you know i knew i had to change the narrative but mm-hmm. i needed those women i needed to know what that really looked like and so when my brother posed that question just yeah. in our conversation i had to think about the fact that a lot of the people that you know we grew up with they did they they've never experienced some people still have never experienced you know what it's just like to have a not just successfully like uh professionally successful mm-hmm. career but like just to have a successful 
successful life with happiness. You know, mm-hmm. not saying that you don't always have bills or, you know, but just to actually be able to enjoy yeah. simple things. There's just a lot of things that I did not witness growing up. And so being able to see that just really allowed me to grow better as a woman. So when you look at the magazine, you're actually seeing me evolve as a woman as well from the content, you know, and then also just from, but I'm evolving right along with our readers, you know. Right. That's one thing I don't think a lot of people really look at, because I look at some things I would have done like 10 years ago as a business mm-hmm. owner until now, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, what nah, was I thinking? No, but y'all know this. <laughs> so, but yeah, but the stories, they really just, they really inspire. But I mean, now we have more representation in media, not as much yep. as we should, you know, yeah. but, but it's growing. I hate the fact that it yes. almost seems like in some ways it's a trend. But, you know, at the same time, I do still see the benefits of it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think and representation is an important word to bring up because representation is it has it has evolved over over the years. And that's what I think is important about swag her is that I think that's what I noticed. I noticed the content change and I noticed that the representation was the stories that I wanted to read. Do you know what I mean? Those were the things that I wanted to talk about. We talked about, you know, like here in business and entrepreneurship, if your lights got shut off, but you're still trying to do stuff or, you know, to me, that representation matters in media because then as a business person, I know that like, man, I can get there too. And so I love what, you know, the, the, the PR and the media and the branding around it, exactly what you just said is what, um, drew me to your brand is that you were authentic and you were real about the journeys that you went through all the way from the content even down to the way that you interacted with your guests and your clients and i think that that is a test of of a true leader and that is a test of on our show we call people walking living legends and so um, I believe that you are a walking living legend because of the authenticity that you bring to the media industry um, for black women and people of color. So representation, perfect word <laughs> for you to drop. Um, as media evolves, how are you seeing the space of Swag Her evolving as you start to um, do more PR and branding for other companies? PR is actually what I wanted to do um, initially when I started the magazine. It's just um, people would tell me, oh, you should go interview this person. And I was like, why? I don't want to interview people. I want to, you know, I want to be the one uh, coordinating the interviews, you know, helping them find interview placement. But apparently most people were not as aware of what PR, you know, what all PR consisted of back then. So they would, but I've always had a love for writing. and then PR is actually, uh, that was my major in school. So really now it's just like, I've been just sitting on a lot of my ideas and like I was basically sleeping on myself. Mm. And now that I've just really began to just be like, hey, just throw it out there. Really the pandemic has really pushed me <laughs> at this point. Like, you know what? Like for one, we're not supposed to have one stream of income, but the yeah. magazine has been my baby for 10 years now. You know, of course, I've worked other jobs and so on, but I've been self-employed almost three years come next month. Mm -hmm. So um, because of that, I also needed to make sure that I have something else, you know, that I could offer. And I kept really wrecking my brain. But for one, I just discovered I'm a techie, which is kind of unusual. But again, that kind (laughs) of goes back to not really seeing black women in tech, you know, and just like really understanding what that meant. And actually, it's Audrey Richmond who helped me to really see that. 
But um, so that is also something else that I kind of see us like really being able, yeah. like it's more of an advantage because I am a king now that I really know that. Um, and that that's able, like that's something that we're able to implement into our practices and strategies for our clients, for our PR and branding clients. And of course, this PR and branding both, you know, are really hot right now. I don't think a lot of people still understand the difference between the two. But yeah, the thing yeah. is, most of my it. stuff kind of just stems from my creativity overall. You yeah. know, most of our projects and so on. And so I just want to be able uh, for us to, like, really grow more as um, as an agency, like, on that side. So with us now, if we're planning to be moving into our um, actual location by the end of the year. So yes. with that, I'm hoping to be able to bring in, like, more agents. And I'm already trying to bring in... Um, more marketing reps, but I'm also mm-hmm. trying to teach my team, you know, a lot of the knowledge that I have, as well as like, because a lot of the people that I do work with, like, they might do a little bit of this or a little bit of that, but there's just, there's still so much more. I'm one of those, uh, I, I don't know, I'm kind of a perfectionist, so I, and then I'm a yeah. student of life. So I'm always trying to, you know, like, oh, there's this new thing, now we need to try to learn how to Let's do, do that. that. <laughs> and so, yeah, so now let me teach y'all this, but I'm just really like, also just a growing more as a brand um when i say like as a brand just kind of like defining our culture and our space because for too many years i feel like i always um felt i kind of questioned our worth you know like people would say oh what you're doing is so needed but my money doesn't look like it's needed where's the support where's the where's the backing up to support that is needed but now that you know it's like support me now we need it support it so yeah Right. So, um, but just like now, as I see like our our client list grow, our you know, and all of our, and just as I'm seeing everything grow, mm-hmm. I'm also better seeing or more clearly seeing like, hey, we we deserve some respect here, you know. And so before, I kind of would be like very timid about things, like, yeah. oh, should we do this? But the thing, of, and it's almost like one of the beauties of this time now is people are being more. Mm, hmm. I'm trying to think of a, just more yeah, expressive. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's a good word. <laughs> so that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> So um like you can kind of see more of that, but it, it again kind of all goes with evolving and then of course we are uh implementing more strategies because again, I don't know if I mentioned this originally and I know that was supposed to be a part of what we were to discuss was that the having an end game. I, I did initially have a strategy. You know, okay. I was really one of those people that just jumped off the porch. It was like, oh, I'm going to publish a magazine. And then, you know, <laughs> and so but the more I began to like um, really see things more clearly. And mm-hmm. this has all been within like the past two to three years. But it was like I had to be so broken almost to be able to see things really clearly, you know. And then I began to realize, like, yeah. hey, you can't keep moving aimlessly. You and know, like, doing stuff really nearly. <laughs> Right. So, like, you know, you really have to have, I already, I always knew what the vision was, but yeah. again, like, I, I was constantly getting distracted. And then having that strategy, like, the more strategies I begin to put in place, the better it begins, you know, I begin to see more results. And you saw the also, flow. I begin, yeah. Right. And that's what I was about to say. I begin to be able to put together more processes, you know, because mm-hmm. especially as you're evolving, it's really hard. And I think that oftentimes, um, like, in small businesses, you know, we don't even do the little things, like I guess you say, the due diligence of making certain that we're noting down all the steps and procedures that we're taking, you know, that we're doing daily. So yeah. that when our team expands, 
we don't have to sit and take the time and try to break all of that down to them. You know, we should already be having our manuals and so on together. And even mm-hmm. if they're not manuals, just some little notes. So that as you're building prepared yeah right so yeah listen y'all that was a message message, message. <laughs> listen start writing stuff down as you go along the journey keep you a notebook i'm old school too like i have the i have the the cell phone and the notes and all of that my biggest thing has been i like to take notes <laughs> And so nothing compared to the notebook. Not not nothing at all. <laughs> Cause now I can go back and I got something. But nothing compares to the notebook. Please. T- to me, that's one of the best things I've heard in a while. And I love what you said, Fancy, because I'm right there. Like knowing that people have gone through the same things. I have not we have not arrived. None of us have arrived. It's a continuing a continuing process. Um, and just to know that like another woman in business has gone through that and we are in different parts of the country, you know, so to me, that's empowering to know, you know, that I wasn't the only one worried, you know, how I'm, how I'm, what do they say? Rob Peter to pay Paul, (laughs) or I'm not the only one, you know, going through business, like with all of these ideas. And I know that I have listeners out here who are doing the same thing. Yeah, but I think people, people want to hear that just... The people that made it, I don't think they want to not say re- relive it, mm-hmm. but they just want to go back through it. What you mean? Like the them working hard and having their lights cut off. Yeah. But people need to know that. Do you think... there's a lot of people out there that's that scared to do it because yeah. of that simple fact. Yeah. Do you think, Fancy, have you seen, like, as you go throughout and you interact with other entrepreneurs, that there are people that want, what's the word, uh, they want the success, they want the notoriety, um, and they start doing the work, but then realize it's too hard. Have you noticed that as you go throughout the journey? Because as I step out on my own, I'm starting to see, like, a lot of people say, I want to be successful. I want to do this with my ideas. I want to do this with my, you know, with my business. But once they start doing the work, it's like, this is just too damn hard. I can't do it. So have you mm-hmm. noticed any of that? Uh, yeah, I have. Um, I tend to try to stay away from people like that. But I do know that it exists because it's even been times where it's options. You know, there's been times I've had to um, put things aside, you know. And then I'll come back and I'm like, you know what? Before you thought this was so, so complicated. And then... It really wasn't, but I wasn't, I guess maybe I wasn't in the right mindset. And a big part of it is just really making a conscious decision. Like, it's not so much the problem as to breaking it down. I really had to learn how to break things down. And then, you know, into smaller parts. And then also being realistic because sometimes you do need to break down whatever the situation is. You know, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to go... You know, I'm yeah. just going to be 18 and go out and buy this house. No, you got to think about the fact that, hey, you're going to have to probably work a few years. You're going to have to build up the credit. But we're not being realistic about those things. You know, instead, we're just thinking, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to work hard. But also, do you know how you don't want to just work hard? You also want to work smart, but you also, yeah. you know, do have to put some elbow grease into it. And I think a lot of people like it's, it's like, I don't know if it's a psychological fact or something, but I know they've been like it's a well-known fact that. Most people are attracted to, you know, 
uh, the overnight success. They want the overnight. Yeah. They think that it's gonna, you know, and once it's not like that, and oftentimes that's how a lot of people, and nowadays they call them scammers, but that's really how a lot of people are really mm -hmm. successful because there's so many people out there that just want that overnight success and think that it's gonna be a quick fix. So they're willing to spend tons of money, you yeah. know, just still expecting this outcome when they don't realize, like, hey, you could be investing your time doing something else that yeah. actually might be not only more successful, but more fulfilling for you. I 100% agree. You might have longevity too. You and and, and I think <laughs> we talked about it before. People are not planning. Um, they're planning. Hey. What do you, I don't remember how you said it. Oh, uh, it says black people prepare for their death. White people prepare for their future. And so I thought about him telling yeah. me that before, and I'm just like thinking down the line, like. You said it took you 10 years. And I said, I'm, I'm, I just turned 36 this year. And I kept saying, you know, I'm behind. <laughs> I'm behind. I'm behind. But then as I sat down, I realized I also did not have a game plan. But I did have over 10 years of stuff that would help me now experience create mm -hmm. a more strategic game plan. Because... In, in the beginning, I found when we when I first started to do this and share with, with Mike that I wanted to go on my own and I wanted to align myself with other people. I'm like, well, where do I find these people to align myself with? <laughs> they say align yourself with a team or people that want to climb higher. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to get with those people. <laughs> and so <laughs> over time, I realized that I learned how to maneuver and I had all these ideas and all these things and I just would sit on them. And just here, like you said, same with me in the past two to three years, stuff is starting to come into in, stuff I've manifested, I've written, is starting to come into fruition. And right. just knowing, um, just knowing that even back then when I was sleeping on myself, that mm -hmm. those were all touch points to get me to where I am right now today. What about the touch points that you went through in those journey um, helped you to get to where you were confident enough to be able to confidently stand on your own two feet and say, this is what I went through. Now, let me help you. Wow. <laughs> it's so funny because actually I was just really um, we celebrated. I mean, and it was a very quiet, practically non-existent celebration last month. But, uh, and that's really because I've been so busy working on the issue. But the thing is, just as I've just really been reflecting, because I'll be 36 in October. Mm -hmm. And so I've just, like, really been looking like, it's so many instances where I thought to myself, you know what, like, God, I needed to have gone through that so that I could be better prepared for this, you know? Mm -hmm. But honestly, like, from my homelessness to, I mean, even um, just, like, uh, losing custody of my youngest daughter, um, just being homeless with my oldest two kids, you know, and then having to just really experience that right after I, um, after I left my last job, like those things, and then like, but to see us come out of it, that yes. was the thing. With each time Oof. we came out, I was just like, you know what? But this time, this very last time, because I'm not gonna lie, like earlier this year, for last, for the, well, the year before last, right around the time, because it was just like a lot of things just happened uh, in 2018. That was when I lost my job, right after I lost my job after, well, I lost the job right after we had finally moved into um, an apartment on our own. And then right after that, I ended up, no, right before that I ended up, mm -hmm. but what I'm saying, it was just like a, a, a reaction of things. 
Yeah, and the I domino effect. Um, Right, and so I ended up having to move back to Mississippi again. This is now like about the third or fourth time. And I ended up in this relationship that I thought, you know, was actually a good relationship. But, but so for the past year, I've had to like work my way out of that relationship and out of that house. And mm. this year, it's like we moved out. We moved out uh, March 1st. And it had really gotten like physical, to be honest. And so the thing was, though, when we moved this time, like, you know, that was March 1st. And then keep in mind the lockdown happened March 13th. Right. And That's I just had to like order. really mm-hmm. tell myself, like, there's no way. Like, there's no way we're going back to that. Where there's no way we're going back to those. Absolutely times. not. And so I just really, you know, like, I thought that we had been fighting before, mm-hmm. but then it was like, you know what? We had to fight even harder to just stay where we had just, just gotten to, you know? Just to keep and your head above water time, at that point. Right. And, and, and so, but at the same time, it was a different confidence. You know what I mean? Just kind of like, as I hit that 10-year mark, like, hey, you know what? So not only did you survive this, but you also mm-hmm. survived that. Whenever I think about um, all the things that we survived, that's when Ooh. I really know, like, hey, you have a lot more strength than you imagine, you know? So use that. Like, instead of sitting and worrying about the problem, actually think about what it is that you need to do to get the situation cleared up, or you know, for the mm-hmm. result that you want. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Listen. <laughs> Y'all, another message. <laughs> when we started, you said you had some tips for us. I mean, just just powerful, just powerful what you've gone through, what you've overcame. And I'm just honored. I'm so honored again to be able to partner with you all. And- um, the tips that I had to share with you all today were basically tips, well, three benefits for having a strategy with you all. Because strategy basically helps to create the vision and the direction of the whole organization. So if you are wondering if it's actually worth your time, um, I just wanted to share these three benefits because I know that overall, once you like really grasp the concept of it and mm-hmm. how to practice it and actually incorporate a strategy, then it'll be more beneficial to you down the road. So the first one, the first benefit is direction. Strategy provides direction. And once you have direction, you can then break down what needs to be done to fulfill your vision mm-hmm. because then you can create action plans. And of course, you know, once you have your action plan, you can then move forward to execution. Right. So that, of course, is like the biggest benefit of all. <laughs> but then there's also the benefit of prioritization. And I know that as business owners, this is like something that a lot of us struggle with. I even have to tell myself at times, like, hey, sit and prioritize because you could be focusing on the wrong thing. And then it still that still kind of even goes back to direction as well. Right. But with a strong strategy, you can more easily distinguish between what's beneficial to your desired outcome as well as um, strategies help with the decision-making process. Because again, you can again tell whether or not something is gonna be beneficial to the outcome or if you need to be moving on to something else. So strategy almost acts like a business conference in a sense. And then the third benefit of strategy is like really good, especially if you have a team or even if you're just working with what other individual, like you all are doing, because it helps with accountability. When you have a strategy, in place and you're easier you know it makes it easier for you to hold yourself or your team member or your vendors or whoever the case may be you know you're able to hold them accountable but it also helps to establish like a stronger commitment as to who is going to do what as well as um then you can better understand like your processes you know yeah. because then once everyone already knows what plan, what part they're going to play within the plan and then the process should be able to flow better. And it kind of, again, goes back to the communication because you shouldn't have to keep on going. You know, like, for example, 
if you have someone that's always gonna be the person that finishes up the product or um, the person that's gonna be the one to post the blog or publish the blog on social media, then you already know, hey, this is where this comes in. And I already right. know that I just need the blog to be completed and published on the website. And then it's my job to come in and publish it on the social media. So um, strategy is just like, to me, it just helps us maneuver a lot better as business owners. Wonderful. It really takes like from, uh, take things kind of almost as if to say from a hobby to actually taking it to a business level. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. And I love that because I think for us, it did start as a hobby, too. And to see other black people doing it is really what's been the inspiration. So if you guys have something that's a hobby or that you love to do out there, please just step out. Take that risk. Step out there. Bet on yourself. All right. These three tools that Fancy gave us is something that we can all use, not only in business, but even in getting our home situations together as parents, yeah. um, as just busy people, you may be in school. These, yeah, all of these are great tips that we can also use in our everyday life. Um, man, fancy, I just, I could probably talk to you forever. Your energy is electric. I love your energy. I love your drive. I love um, just your empowerment to the black community. I'm really, really excited for the Ebony mashup to be able to work with you all and partner up in whatever way we can to continue to build and uplift the the black black community. Um, I'm looking forward to greatness for you. I I see so many great things for you and I'm just grateful um, that we are able to talk and connect. And I just, again, thank you for coming on the Ebony mashup and um, yeah, being one of our first for real sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you very, very, very much. Well, thank you all for having me. Like, um, I'm just glad, you know, cause it's kind of almost been like a conversation to better knowing you all and so that we can better work together, you know, so yeah. that, because now I have a better feel of you all and everything. I know that you spoke with your mail initially, but mm-hmm. also, um, just, I also agree um, as far as what you said about the energy because I have really enjoyed speaking to you too. I see that in many ways we have like kind of been in similar places or almost mm-hmm. even when you said that about the two to three years, I was like, okay, so like you agreed and I was like, hey, maybe there was a shift or something in the past two, three years. I don't know. No, yeah, <laughs> like, most definitely. <laughs> I think for us, the shift, for me, the shift was believing in my true authentic self. I always, in my, I always knew I was a boss. I, in my mind, I am a boss. Um, but I just needed to believe in myself outside of everybody else's baggage and what they wanted me to be. And so for me over the last two to three years, it was just really being grounded and standing in what was already given to me. What I learned is everything I need is already within my reach. And, um, so for the last two to three years, it's really just been a soul search. Um, and you know, lighting fuel to a fire that's already been put in me and yeah and you just came along and um just like i talked about alignment just sitting here talking i'm sitting here tapping him under the table like under the (laughs) like like, she know what i'm going through like so it's really really good once we once we take that risk um and, and to my listeners once you all take that risk and you step out there the doors that'll open 
the people that'll come in alignment um, and just the things that'll happen for you when you just believe what's already in you. So thank you, Fancy, for believing in you because you have definitely, definitely helped me and I'm sure so many others throughout this media world um, take that step. I, I, I greatly appreciative of you. And so in the meantime, in between time, this has been a wonderful, wonderful chat with a wonderful queen. How can they find you? Where can they um, touch bases with you? How can we connect with Fancy and Swag Her? Okay, so um, as for Swagger, like everything, uh, well, our website is actually Swag Her, S-W-A-G-H-E-R dot net, because a lot of people will say swaggermagazine.com mm -hmm. or something, mm -hmm. but it is swagher.net. And then as far as all the other um, Swagger social media outlets, everything is still Swag Her Magazine, and that is H-E-R, um, all one word. And we're our biggest, uh, I guess I said you say our most active uh, outlet is Instagram, and then we're also on Facebook as well as Twitter. Um, and if you're on LinkedIn, then please check us out there because we are trying to grow there. And then as for myself, um, all of my social media stuff falls under Fancy Swagger. That's F-A-N-C-Y-S-W-A-G-H-E-R. And I also have a, um, a Facebook page that is like a business page, and it is um, Francesca Fancy Builder. So if you all can mm -hmm. stop by and, you know, check us out. Oh, also, if you don't forget, uh, Swagger does have a YouTube channel, and we have really been trying to work nice. on that. But also all of the different live segments and recordings and interviews and things like that, all of that is on our YouTube. So you all can find us on YouTube at Swagger Mag. But also mm -hmm. um, on Tuesday nights, I am a co-host for a series of dogs podcast. And so that premieres every seven, I'm sorry, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central on the Swagger Facebook page. So okay. that's a great way to connect with me because, you know, we're discussing already there. All right, you guys. So what was it called? Thoughts and theories. Theories and theories and theories thoughts. Theories and thoughts. I had it in reverse. Theories and thoughts. So it's fine, but I know on Spotify there is a uh, thoughts and theories. So I just want to make certain y'all find <laughs> You'll see two black women. Theories and thoughts. Theories and thoughts. We will link that. We will link that once we uh, get this episode up. Uh, I'm grateful. I, like I said, I don't even know what to say. I'm just grateful. Um, this woman, this boss, this queen has just blessed us. I thank you for your time. We appreciate you. We greatly appreciate you. I'm excited to work with you. Um, I'm excited to watch you thrive and grow and continue to build a foundation and a legacy um, for your children and for, for the community. So, again, thank you. Um Please like, share, download, connect everybody. That's what this is all about, all right? It's about connecting. If we don't learn how to authentically connect with each other, then we lose that we lose, it all. We, we lose <laughs> that that great thing that we have as black people, which is storytelling and connecting and communing. So again, in the meantime, in between time, it's been wonderful with Miss Fancy and my husband Mike. You guys be safe out there. Keep your mask on, <laughs> social distance, <laughs> and let's make history. Don't don't let this time, this pandemic, uh, don't come out of this pandemic without changing something in your life. All right, peace. We out. Peace and blessings, y'all. Yes.